0: Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hey, Joshua. What's up? I don't know why uh, it's not why I like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna hang your tongue out now? Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, we just had the Thank Super you. Bowl, right? So I feel like we are missing a little bit of Is
0: that where that originated?
1: Was that well, a uh, Super Bowl? I don't think so. I don't think so. Universal. I think it was just know. a it's a beer, it's from a beer ad, which you know. Okay, I wanted to. I I think they have your. I do. I remember it. Yeah, yeah,
0: I remember it being a thing, but I don't remember like where it started because it was so fucking annoying. It's one of those things that caught on. You know, it's like the meme before the meme. You know, so before we had memes, it was like everybody did it, and then it was ended up in everything. Like I remember Scary Movie having like the ghost face mask with the tongue Mm -hmm. hanging
1: out. You know, like it was a meme before the word meme. You know. but yeah, that's what I mean It was just something yeah. that
0: like everybody picked up on It was in every fucking show, in every fucking piece of media So it's like, I, yeah, I don't remember where it originated from So, anyways uh, Speaking of Super Bowl um, Or really, the Rihanna concert uh, mm-hmm. That some football you know, The superb owl uh, <laughs> Did you watch the Rihanna? I um, did Show I yeah. was in San
1: Francisco so, Yeah And um I we had we had arrived at around we arrived to the hotel around noon and then went to have lunch and then we were back in time to watch the concert. And. um, My uh, companion had a prediction that it was going to be like a dark like they were going to turn off all the lights blackout in the stadium and then all you're going to hear to start is Rihanna's voice going don't act like you forgot <laughs> And then <laughs> go immediately into Bitch Better Have My Money, which she did start with Bitch Better Have My Money, so I was yeah. really excited. But there was a missed opportunity, I felt, because it would have been a comment on, like, you know, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still a good singer. Um, and she sounded fantastic. I was really pleased with her live singing, and and uh, um, I did not see the problem with uh anything uh, the dancing and all of that i think that she she did what she she did as in the words of uh la roche she did what needed uh, to be done yeah
0: so that's kind of i i actually think it's interesting that we're uh talking about this is um i think in the past rihanna had said like she had said that she would never do the super bowl right that, mm-hmm. that was like something she had quoted in um support of Colin and you know the taking the knee and I think there was a quote of like I don't know how that helps black people if I do that or you know helps my people I can't remember exactly what she said but there was some there was a comment like that where she's like no I'm never gonna do that and then when she does do it not only does she open up with that song, which I know there's a lot of discussion that like Super Bowl acts don't get paid, like the the show itself is supported by is paid for mm-hmm. by like the NFL or whatever. Like they pay the production costs and all that, mm-hmm. but they but that but the artists don't get paid. So she opens up with that song, and then she does like we're so used to Super Bowl shows like you know you think of beyonce you think of madonna you think of like you know lady gaga these last few years these like you know high production it's like you know a full concert tour experience condensed into 12 minutes you know costume changes you know guests all kinds of different things and hers is like i'm just gonna sing you some songs and um yeah that's all you're getting you're getting like the bare fucking minimum. So fuck you. Like it felt like such a fuck you for them, for them to be like, ha, see even Rihanna, like she bowed down and she did, you know, she did the super bowl, even though she never said she would, you know, kind of discrediting. I feel like some of those, but, but her performance was just like a big fuck you. Like (laughs) looking at all the, um, the headlines, you know, disgusted by Rihanna, you know, th- this nasty performance is terrible before like all these people, you know, especially like white media, very outraged, uh-huh. like, how dare she, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and to me, How I dare she not was, dance for us? <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. And I mean, I know that she's pregnant. I know that, the, you know, or at least that, I, I guess we didn't know at the beginning. But as soon as you saw her, okay. I was kind of like, oh, is she pregnant again? <laughs> like no yeah. like wait what's going or she just had a baby which either way either you know because I just I don't follow the children you know so I <laughs> somebody had said that she had had a child but I thought it was like very recent maybe maybe it was I don't know but regardless she just had a baby or she's having another baby so it was just kind of like you know what I'm just gonna do what needs to be done I'm gonna sing you some songs and the camera could do the work the camera could zoom in and zoom out
1: <laughs> I don't I thought it was perfect I she loved was every still giving second like it She was still giving, like, you know, the appropriate amount of, like, you know, Caribbean party choreo, you know? It
0: felt like, yeah, she was just having a good time, you know? Like, you know what? This is fine for me. I'm, you know, enjoying it. It just, to me, whatever her intentions were, maybe we'll never know. Um, But with all the outrage it caused, you know, it just made me think, like, it feels like a big fuck you. And especially opening up with, like, the bitch better have my money. I don't know. It just felt very like, I will not. Perform to your standards, yeah.
1: Uh, NFL and the you know yeah. audience at home. She has like a she has like she's a billionaire, right? She's a billionaire. Yeah. She's a protector of the realm of Barbados. Like she really does not like she she did not need to do this. No, she didn't need it, and she still did it. And hopefully, we get an album. Maybe. But even like, but, you you know, know, even Madonna you know, did fine.
0: Madonna didn't need to do it Beyonce didn't need to do it. I mean we can argue that a lot of the big performers that come and do this probably don't need to do it like I know what you're I get your point but you know I'm not sure like regardless of whether they like need to do it or not they uh, usually we have become accustomed to like sure. seeing a certain level of production value and so to have like you know 50 dancers and white puffy jackets the whole time like the whole show was very like this is what we're doing this is what it is. No. <laughs> and what, the um, the uh, things the in platforms. the platforms. Those are really neat. Yeah, yeah the Super yes. Mario like <laughs> yeah <laughs> rotating yeah, yeah. platforms. Yeah, that stuff was really cool. I, I I liked that, but I just I don't know. To me, I maybe I, as much as like I speak out against outrage, like culture and <laughs> and like how bad it is for us. I love when stuff like this pisses people off because it's just delightful to me. I'm just like, yeah, you go, Rihanna. Tell these people to kiss your ass, you yeah.
1: know? No. And she literally, she showed it. She was like, you know, Oh, I know she was She's rubbing it. Yeah. yeah she yeah, was like yeah. rubbing all over her, you know, her, her world and her business. And this, you know, like, Ooh, smell my pussy. And I'm like, yes, yeah, give exactly. The, yeah. Give the children, give, yeah. give the Epsilers yeah. the, yeah. the what they want. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I
0: I yep. thought the I thought the show was fun. I actually would like to see her live at some point. Uh, it reminded me how much I love that Gr- A "Good Girl Gone Bad" record. I think yeah, so that's the one with Umbrella. Okay. Like I, I love that whole album. I listened to it over and over again when it came mm-hmm. out. Um, you know, and I'm just sort of out of touch with. I wish she had done like American Oxygen or something. I mean, she has some other really like powerful songs that would have been interesting in that context. But yeah. I enjoyed it so, and I love that it's like pissing, you know, white people off. <laughs> I, I would love have loved. I would have
1: ringing. loved to see her do um, four or five seconds with Paul McCartney. Like, mm-hmm. if Paul McCartney came out, did the guitar on that, I think it would have just blown it off the roof. But also, like, what a flex because in more recent years, right. Ah, uh, well, maybe excluding COVID years, but like you know, prior to COVID, it was all about like who the the main performer, and then who are the guests that they right. bring out, right? Like, right. It's it's Bruno Mars at the Super Bowl, but he brings out fucking Beyonce and Coldplay, and you know all right. these people. It was Shakira and J Lo. Um, so with like you know all the other like, uh, reggaeton, you know, Latinidad, uh, Latinidad. Uh, uh performers coming out too. So this yeah. is just great cuz it's just like her and her dancers and her baby just being like, you know, <laughs> "Where have you been?" and also like when we were out in San Francisco like the after that, everywhere we went was playing like Rihanna. It was on the radio, yeah. it was in the bars, it was in the restaurants and I was just like, I'm glad that we are in this like rediscovery of her music again because yeah. she I love love her stuff. And, like, there's nothing that gets me going more than, like, you know, where have you been? And only girl in the world just makes me feel, you know, makes me feel alive. Yeah. Like you might be the only. I might be the the only girl. (laughs) I want you to love (laughs) me like I'm a hot ride. (laughs) Hold me like a pillow. Make me feel fine. (laughs) There we go. Uh,
0: Yeah. So, anyways, I enjoyed it. I, I, you know, whatever. Uh <laughs> yeah. I mean I've already said I don't know I'm just going in circles. Um so I removed the Facebook app from my phone. Oh uh, and- and I am, temp- I am tempted to remove a few others. I cannot, you know, it's impossible when we do this kind of work to totally remove ourselves from social media. Sure. Because we need it. You know, we, you know, we need to yeah. promote our shows and promote our friends and promote, you know, so there is like an yeah. era of like promotion, but i have recently instituted. So I lock my phone up in my office, like away from myself, um, by eight mm-hmm. o'clock every night. That's roughly two hours, two and a half hours before I go to sleep. Sure. Um, just to keep me out, away from, you know, the temptation even. Because once I'm in bed, I do not like to get back up. So I'm not going to get up and walk across the house to, like, get my phone. Sure. Uh, but, you know, keeping it by my bedside, obviously, it's in reach. And, yeah, and I removed the Facebook, which has been very nice uh, because it's so – it's just uh, the, the fucking doom scroll, you know? I have to get yeah. away from it. And I don't seem to have the same – behavior with uh twitter or instagram or like and t- definitely not tiktok i hardly ever sure sure TikTok. Um, so for now, at least I don't feel the need to like remove those apps. And I do, again, I have to share stuff, you know, for obviously for Fright School and, you know, and yeah. when I share on my Instagram, it also shares to Facebook. So people who follow me on there can just stay updated that way, I guess. Sure, sure. If they want to. But it's been really nice. I, you know, I haven't even been turning the TV on at night. So when I go to bed, like the last couple of nights, I get in bed about eight and I've been reading for fun, though. Like not, no school books, no nothing else. I read a whole book. I read a hundred pages in another book. Uh, Yeah. It feels really good. I don't know. I'm just kind of on a mission to like, try to, I need to like, get out of like the social media shit. You know, I want to get out of the doom scroll. I think it's like making me depressed. (laughs) Plus I see the things that other people post and, and you know what? I was just doing this whole conversation, you know, again, like, you know, in my program about like, you know, Depression and sort of the ways that we internalize, like, these sort of negative hegemonic discourses. And, you know, I'm seeing more and more friends post things that I'm just like, man, everything is becoming, like, a symptom of disorder. You know, everything is being Mm -hmm. pathologized. Like, everything is... You know, about, you know, everybody hates me or I'm unlovable or, yeah. you know, because because I'm not getting enough likes or enough comments or, you know, people don't text me every two seconds to assure me that we're friends. And, like, I feel like a lot of this – and now a lot of this has existed before social media, of course. Sure, 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 sure. But it's just – it's not helping. And so it's like – and not that I'm necessarily getting caught up in those feelings, but it also really – it's hard to see other people go through it and be like, no, you're enough. It's just like the world is a fucking hellscape. So yeah. like we don't it, all have time to
1: constantly reassure each other. The the app was designed to make you feel this way. Like it exactly. was designed for yeah. for you to crave that engagement. And yeah. it's difficult. Like. If we if we could, if we, Fright School, if we could exist outside of like this social media landscape and we could just grassroots and you know, grassroots uh um our message out there, that would be great. But like the nature of the medium, it, right. it, it does not follow that. But we can still be intentional about what it is that we do and choose and all that stuff. Yeah, Um, absolutely.
0: So I'm just trying to get to that place a little bit uh better, you mm -hmm. know. And again, and Facebook, like it's become kind of like it's the same 10 posts, really. The kinds, you know. So it's like I don't even need to go on there to know like how people are responding, like the Super Bowl. Like, well, after it was over, I was like, okay, I can predict the three main headlines, you know, like oh my god, we Mm -hmm. love Rihanna you know oh my god we hate rihanna and you know like uh we don't care about her why do they do this like why can't we just watch the football game (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 yeah yeah It's like, uh, like, those are like the three main feelings. And then that all bleeds down into like the politics of race and the politics of gender and, you know, and, you know, pro clutching like sexuality conversations, you know, uh, know, like that kind of stuff. So it's like everything is so predictable. And I'm just tired of being like kind of wrapped up in it. So, anyways, that's been my experiment
1: this week. Do you think Um, you'll make the jump to ultimately deleting Uh, or like, I don't know, your account?
0: You know, I really should figure out how to like pull the archive or whatever. Cause I've got tons of, fun. I mean, I've been on Facebook since, I mean, since its inception, really. I mean, I was one, of, I remember when you still needed an EDU email address. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. my first Facebook page, I couldn't even join until I started college. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was still in that realm. And that was like 2003 when I started college.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm
0: not sure when Facebook started, but I definitely got, I definitely was one of the first early like users of Facebook once it became, you know, sort of the bigger thing. So I've been on a really, really long time. I mean, gosh, that's like probably almost 20 years that I had an account on there. So there's a ton of memories on there. There's a ton of like documentation of my life of like, you know, it's, it's like a journal um so if i'm going to delete it i'm definitely gonna have to pull everything off of it somehow because i would like to have access to all those photos and
1: all those memories yeah yeah, because like i you've been posting for you know we've we you know we have been posting forever on it yeah so i don't necessarily want to
0: totally delete it because i do like it as a as an archive um and again, it's not that I haven't gone on it, you know, but it's just it's more of an effort because I have to come, I have to come to the desktop and turn the desktop on and go to the site on the desktop. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I'm not gonna do that, you know. So I've had a lot less engagement in the last few days after deleting it. Um so I'm just gonna keep on and see sort of what happens. Maybe I'll forget about it, <laughs> you know, or won't think about it. It'll just be,
1: you know, whatever's on my Instagram, you know, whatever I share there. Yeah. And yeah. I, that's kind of where I've been um, yeah. with it. It's just like I don't – I go on it to – see the like one friend who still posts regularly on it and then every now and then you get involved like people are what i love where we are right now is that people are no longer inviting people via facebook there it like i remember that used to be a really big thing like instead of instead of sending evites like who sends an evite like people are sending people sending facebook invites Yeah, and now it's 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 like evites are back like i can like i've gotten so many evites um in the last year because people may not be engaging with social media in that way but they are still engaging with their um emails right yeah 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 that makes sense i've actually gotten a lot more of those too because i think a lot less people are
0: are using facebook than than it used to be uh and twitter is a cesspool like i get on there occasionally but you know it's like it's enough the other the other big problem that i think i have with like facebook and a lot and and more so with instagram now too it's growing is the advertisements you know so the yeah. impulse and i'm very like i'm very susceptible to impulse buying so that's a whole that's a whole other problem yeah. that uh i feel like i'm um it's i mean it's not like out of control because i can like live my life but it's something that you know can become that way you know so yeah yeah i'm just trying to Just make some positive changes, (laughs) especially help my brain be able to focus a little bit more because I always feel like when I'm reading and, you know, and I'm getting better and better at like, you know, retraining my brain to be less, you know, distracted all the time. Anyways, um, let's see, we had a few more minutes um, How was your trip overall? You went up to the San Francisco I can't remember, this was just for fun, right? You were just yeah, going to Yeah, just go. for fun
1: Just for fun Yay. and meeting a friend up there It was a lot of fun I love that we, um, we had some really good meals Like, Yes, San Francisco is delicious It's so good And it was just like, you know, you I, I, I don't put stock in Yelp in my hometown but i do when i visit other places Mm. um and so you know doing cursory yelp stuff and like looking for things and looking at menus was really helpful uh but like near the hotel there was this we walked to breakfast to this thai brunch place and they had just like it was they had this like fried chicken and fried rice dish that was just exactly what i wanted right like it was it was fried chicken that was they used the like the dark meat and it was very crispy the fried rice was delicious um my friend had uh he had penang beef omelet like penang curry beef omelet um that was so that good. so tasty so much flavor and it was just overall like a really fun experience. We walked to the we walked to the Embarcadero, and you know had like um, had like coffees and like watched the you know sat out by the water for a little bit. It was just overall it was just a nice chill trip. Um, I love yeah, that. Lots. I of fun. love that for you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, sounds like it was a very very good time. Yes, overall. That well, indeed. It's not. Yeah, it's really good to be able to get away. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about because, you know, I'm about to, you uh, know, in, in a couple months, we're leave. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see now with everything that's going on with, you know, Poland, who knows if I'll do this study abroad trip. What's going uh, on with Poland? Well, I know Biden's going there. There's all these discussions about, you know, who's going to join in and help like Ukraine with the Russian aggression China now may also be supporting Russia against you. So it's it's just becoming that, that part of the world is becoming very, um, uh, not untenable. That's well, yeah. Untenable for travel, I guess would probably be the way. So right now they're keeping us remind, you know, you know, keeping us updated through the, um, the study abroad program that, you know, right now we do plan to go and we'll just kind of keep an eye on, on things. Uh, but, what the reason I brought it up is because they keep reminding us that this is not a vacation. You're not going there to like have fun. You know, you're going there because we're doing this intensive, you know, program no. and this intensive uh, study of of trauma and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I'm looking forward to the next time I'm going to like, it's so fun. I'm like preparing to travel, but it's a totally different way of thinking to prepare for travel. Cause I'm like, yeah. I have to bring more somber clothes and, you know, we're probably going to attend Shabbat services in Poland. And it's like, it's a very conservative um, country in many ways. And so it's like, I have to like, think about how I'm gonna like dress yeah. and and present in a very different way. So it's it's certainly not as fun as usual travel. So <laughs> yes. it's fun to hear about your trip because I'm I'm I I'm looking forward to the next time that we
1: get to travel just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I do a little oh. plug of Palooza? Yeah, of course. Um. So, friend of the pod and uh doctor of queer horror, uh Heather Petrocelli. Yeah. Um, I Heather and her partner Ami are doing a project um called the Queerest Year, uh, yeah. and in this project we may have talked about it a little bit on the pod, but in this project no we haven't. This is good. We needed to. Awesome. They are they are only taking in queer art, media, and voices for an entire calendar year. And the way that you access that is you go to QueeristYear.Substack.com, you'll get access to their newsletter, and also where they upload their roundtable discussions about various forms of media. Um, this week's episode <laughs> features me uh, talking about a book, Joshua, <laughs> talking about uh, the book that I read in January, um, Red, right, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Oh, and, and- it was such a it was such a fun podcast. It was such a fun conversation to have with the two of them. And especially to hear, like for someone who for 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 someone I, I relate a lot to Heather in that like she doesn't really consume fiction as much as like I don't consume fiction really in terms of reading and like relating to like this book and how just kind of fun and um and escapist it was so definitely check out the queerest year y'all uh and i made a huge and don't worry joshua your invite's coming and they got something special planned for you let's put it that way (laughs) (laughs) well i look
0: forward to it and i look forward to listening to you talk about a book That's always exciting.
1: (laughs) Yes, I I do a whole thing about how, like, this bit that we've got going on for a couple years now (laughs) about how I don't read. Yeah, Yeah. and now that's, you know, it's like,
0: man, we really have to rebrand this podcast. You know, you're a horror fan now, so, like, our our taglines and stuff don't work anymore, and now you're reading, and so I don't know what we're going (laughs) to (laughs) do. I know, it's like, he's a fan who reads! (laughs) Right, yes, and it's, you know, you're just... um, you know, helping expand. Now, now it's more. I've, I've, I've got you in the cult, and you're helping uh, mm-hmm. expand the message. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, we will take a quick break, and then we are going to be back to discuss the girl with all the gifts. Oh. Hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself, Derek Krennevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net. All right, welcome back. We are once again in your earballs or in your eye holes. If you are watching us over on a patreon. dot uh, com slash fright school. Um, <laughs> uh, this week we are discussing the girl with all the gifts. Um, mm-hmm. 2000. Whoops! Sorry, I'm reading that. <laughs> it's because Joe, this is based on a book that it's that uh, is also based on a short story. So I was looking at the uh, book <laughs> page. Uh, 2016, uh, British post-apocalyptic science fiction horror film, uh, directed by Cole McCarthy and written by Mike Carey, who also wrote the book uh, and the and the short story. That it was based on. Uh, we got Gemma uh, or Gemma? Is it Gemma? Gemma? It's probably Gemma, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Arterton, who we last discussed when she was in uh, Byzantium. So mm-hmm. it was fun to see her pop up.
1: Uh, some I don't. I'm skip Patty. Somebody. Glenn oh, Patty, Close. Uh, actually, I know that one. Patty. <laughs> oh yeah. Hasadine. Okay. Because I've I've seen enough. It, viserys targaryen in house of the dragon i've seen enough of um interviews oh, of him is
0: that who oh that's right Shit. Yeah.
1: yeah wow i didn't even
0: i didn't even make that connection that tells you how quickly i forget the <laughs> game of thrones <laughs> stuff uh miss glenn close <laughs> Yes, uh, glenneth close ju- is in this <laughs> Gl- glenneth Gleneth close <laughs> and uh senia N- nanua nanua Yes, as um, Melanie, right? As Melanie, yes. Yeah, the the titular girl with all the gifts and it is um about a parasitic fungus uh, uh called what was it called? Uh something it's a, it's a cordycept. It's, it's a cordyceps <laughs> that uh you know wipes out humanity and turns the the ones that do survive into uh zombies, into the hungry. So I don't know where that sounds familiar. Right, the hungries. <laughs> um I will say this, though, because I, you know, uh, Jeffrey actually sat down to watch this with me. He came in a little late, but he he got, like, sucked into it and was just like, he couldn't stop watching. And when I told him what it was about, he goes, oh, well, like, that's, you know, The Last of Us. And I went, well, the short story came out in 2013, the same year that The Last of Us video game was released. However, you can bet both projects were being kind of probably co-created around the same time of the year's before You know, you don't just write a short story and release, and I'm sure it went through some some editing and such. So it's probably just a um, another example of sort of an accidental – it's like a coincidence, yeah. I think, that, that they kind of came out, this idea around the same time, which also to me is, again, really fascinating when we talk on this show about cultural anxiety and, and where its roots are. So it's like, you know, when we're talking about, like, climate change and we're talking about, you know, these sorts of anxieties, they've persisted for a long time. And but I feel like in my lifetime, they didn't start till really like the late 90s, early 2000s that we really started that I started seeing it being talked about in the media a lot more. So it sort of makes sense that these kind of the creatives behind both of these entities are sort of coming into this conversation around the same time when we're discussing you, you know the the effects of of global climate change and the sure. idea of a fungus of a mushroom of a cordyceps that could live and operate within the human body um, due to like I mean this doesn't really explain it uh, I've not read the book uh, the book is the book would give us I'm sure a little bit more background the movie obviously kind of purposely stays like just with Melanie's experience sure um, and not explaining really how we got here but i have a feeling that it probably comes from that same sort of scientific uh, conversation about uh the the shifting nature of of, uh, of of a fungus of a of a mushroom anyways with all of that said just to tie it together with our last of us conversation and last week's dawn of the dead you know we just mm-hmm. kind of they're just zombie zombie zombies this uh yeah. this uh, valentines day season <laughs> I'm kidding. Fuck that. It's uh Black History Month. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what we're That's what we're really talking about uh this month. But um, you know, so contextualizing it there, Joe. What did what what did you think about uh Miss Miss Girl? Uh, Miss Girl, gifts?
1: she done already done had all the gifts. Um <laughs> I actually really love this film. Um I probably would watch this again. Uh, it was It was one of those, so one thing I love to do when I'm, when I, like, don't really have, like, I'm looking for a new thing to watch, or I'm in the mood to watch a movie, Mm is I'll go onto, I have an Apple TV, I'll go into the, like, movie library, and I'll see what movies are there, and I'll, um watch trailers and sometimes that will be like that'll scratch the itch because i'll do that for like an hour hour and a half of just watching like <laughs> falling down a rabbit hole <laughs> and you
0: never watch an actual movie you no just i'll just trailers. like watch
1: all these different trailers for stuff so That's girl amazing. with all the gifts has actually been on my um watch like want to watch list wish list on in apple for a while and it delivered like the tra- <laughs> the trailer really does tell you what it's about without giving too much away. And it really delivered. I thought um I thought that uh uh Senia's performance as Melanie was fantastic. Yeah. Gemma Atherton does a really good job as Ms. Justineau. And this is also like <laughs> this is also like the second movie where Glenn Close plays like a quote unquote misguided scientist that I love because she was in, um, she was in the movie, whatever happened to Monday. Uh, and she plays like the mastermind behind, like it's, it's also like Glenn Close versus children, I think is <laughs> like the, these two movies you could make like a double feature of Glenn Close versus the children. And you would, uh, it, the theme would be very, she basically plays the same character, uh, But yeah, I thought it was really great. What did you think? Very happy. Uh, Well, it's funny because
0: one of the things I wrote is like, so this is just a documentary about children, like Like monstrous children. Um, I really, really enjoy this movie. Uh, I love sort of the twist on like the zombie. Uh, story, which we'll we'll get to uh, as we as we discuss the film. I think something that's really interesting is that. Um, so the book this is based on, I believe I've not read it, but what I've read about it is that um, the race decisions are different so in the book melanie is a young white girl and the teacher miss uh justino is that her name justino okay. is is a black woman and mm-hmm. so it gives a sort of a different reading of this like young girl who's uh sort of um this young white girl whose whole like world is this black woman, she aspires to be mm-hmm. this black woman. Uh, there's even some discussions, and again, I've not read the book. I didn't I didn't necessarily feel this way about the film, but I'll just bring it in about this sort of zombie desire queerness that may be present in the book and the feelings of Melanie about Miss know. So it just the conversation in the book is a little different. Um, at least the person who wrote it intended that to be one story. Sure. So when they adapted it to film, uh so this is from Leah Anderson writing for Fangoria. This is Beware the Swallowing, the girl with all the gifts, the monster in me is the monster in you. And she brings up this, uh, she says that, uh, you know, based on the books of the same name, uh, this is, uh, The Girl with All the Gifts is one of those, quote, blacks in horror film that despite being written and directed by white men, still accomplishes movements native to the black horror tradition. It's worth noting this quality is completely incidental. As was the case with George Romero, Dwayne Jones and Night of the Living Dead, uh, Senia Uh, Simply killed the audition for the lead role of Melanie and her casting changed the entire story, made it better and above all transformed it into a distinctly abolitionist text. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, we can watch the film and just decide that choices are incidental, but everything communicates right so in watching the film like there's something to be said for. You know, we're introduced to this young black girl in a prison cell, basically, you know, strapped to a chair, you know, these white overlords, you know, kind of policing her, policing her body, policing her behavior, policing her mind.
1: She's the um, only, like, child of color, right? She's the only black child. There might be others. I did, You
0: know, the way they frame... Uh, I'd have to go back and look and and pause it and look at all the children. Sure, sure. You know, I'm. Sh- I'm going to force I, you to look at the children. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, well, we'll get to that over on uh, on the after fright school special. Your <laughs> damn choices, but anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, just the, the the point is is that yeah, obviously, like we cannot ignore like sort of the meanings and the conversation that are sort of happening around the way that she's treated. Um, I think there's also something to be said for, you know, they want to use her body to, to the means to their own ends. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we think about, um, you know, the enslavement of people, when we think about, you know, um, scientific, uh, experimentation that happened on, on black people, black women, especially, um, in this in this country uh you, you know the eugenics movement conversations there there's just there's a lot that kind of can really be in this sort of you know very at least for the first part of the movie it's a very standard kind of zombie film in a lot of ways reminds me of like um 28 days later you know yeah 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 but it just it adds like there's so much interesting conversation happening in it you know when we kind of contextualize it um you know historically um let's see yeah you know they have her muzzled and chained and yet they're still afraid of her which again it like that just so echoes this ongoing you know police violence against black bodies when you think this is a person who is on the ground handcuffed they are not a threat to you but you get to define it you get to say they are a threat obviously in this film these are like zombie creatures so i mean i know it's not it's not a exact through line but i think it really when it came out when it was released i mean you know amidst all of this conversation to have that kind of moment in there where she's like you know she has a muzzle and she's got handcuffs on her like you know and you are afraid of her um i don't know i just think it added that also added another layer uh to to the film um thoughts on that uh you know with
1: your uh with your your horror noir knowledge spinning around. (laughs) I really, that's <laughs> such an, it's such an interesting notion. Uh, especially what you just said about like, they define her, they get to classify her as a threat, but sh- they've taken every precaution to like neutralize her, right? Like to right. make sure that she is not a threat. And just to know, I mean, just to know also like wrongly, maybe not wrong misguidedly i should say like seeing her hu- like seeing her humanity like that scene where she is like miss justino i can smell you you smell good and then she like goes out and rubs herself with the blocker gel um it's really interesting to kind of see that because like you could the police conversation is definitely there the the police state and um sanctioned violence and murder is 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 definitely there but like you said It's weird because, like, it's not, they're inherent, they are inherently a threat, right? Yeah. So it's like, they can't let, it's just that constant vigilance of, like, we can't let our guard down. Um, So, like, I like the idea of that um, and how that plays with it, but it's also, like, in the context of the world, I'm like, no matter who the child is... Um, it's like they are the threat, but I think what we can, fo- what we should focus on more is the fact that, like, in terms of like not understanding, like, we just don't understand what it is that makes them who they are. But we are so willing to sacrifice this girl, um, for the greater good, right? And I, th- right. I kept thinking of like Henrietta Lacks, right? So the immortal life, of Henrietta Lacks, the book and the subsequent film about how they you know against her will used her um used her uh, cells uh to basically like propagate all like the biggest uh, all the biggest uh medical discoveries of the last uh of the last like 50 years and this is something that i think also calls to that as well too like the experimentation on black bodies and yeah. Um, and, and you know again from an American lens, right? Because this is right. very much a this is very much a British film. It's very British. It's very um, it's so British. It's got Glenn Close in it, <laughs> 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 right? Uh, but I think like from that type of aspect, it's like you know who gets to design, who gets to who benefits from uh, from the exceptional quality of a black body. Right, exactly. Um, and
0: and to that point, so on the BlackYouthProject.com, The Girl with All the Gifts and Black Girls Destroying the World to Save Themselves by Hari Zayad, mm-hmm. um, or maybe Zayad, Uh had this to say that I that I liked. When juxtaposed with the argument put forth by some Afro-pessimists that humanity is reliant upon the subjection and enslavement of Black people, Melanie's refusal of humanity is in clear contrast to what we are taught about Black people's possibilities. We, the living dead in America, for what else but death is a life that doesn't hashtag matter, are told that we can only try and always fail to become more human or sacrifice ourselves and our communities for the continuation of human society.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, this is the tragedy we were told would happen if Black folks really were to destroy the world and humanity for our own sakes. We don't have the tools to police ourselves, or we are, quote, too good to be so, quote, heartless, or we don't need saving in the first place, because eventually things will naturally work out if we only are a bit more patient or respectable. Um, and then this is kind of talking about in the end with Miss um, Justineau kind of as the prisoner, you know, the this idea that it's like, oh, you know, we should feel sorry for her in the end. Uh, interpreting this as a tragedy tells us that Melanie should have waited for a way to save herself and the humans, even if there was no promise of that uh, way ever existing. Even if waiting meant passing up, just saving herself. Even if the humans had no interest in compromising in return. Fuck that. <laughs> That's I like I, I like this. Um mm-hmm. It is time a black girl destroyed the world, destroyed humanities, destroyed society to save herself, and it's time we cheered them on when they try and succeed. So, you know, in the beginning of the film, uh, when they're get, being given this lesson on Pandora, and obviously Pandora opened the box, loosed, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the horrors upon the world. Um, but the last thing that was in the jar was hope. So I think that we're given this idea that you know the girl with all the gifts this what the story is about is it's just gonna be common zombie fair that she has the secret they're gonna they need to formulate a vaccine. the real horror of it is that this lab is destroyed and they've got to find another lab and like synthesize this vaccine with her blood and then or her body uh because she has to die they need her skull or her uh, brain and her spine Sure. Glenn sure. character says so she has to die in order to to save the world that she is this pandora the last hope and then the film beautifully twists that when she's like but i'm alive and why should i die to save you and it's like yeah wow so in the end her hope is something totally different it's a whole she is hope for a whole new i don't know race species of human maybe the next step in our evolution because Mm we, you know symbiotically bind with this um Fungus and so we're going to remake The world in our image the world Is not over it's just no longer Yours Mm -hmm. and Man
1: that part like When you Said um, when you said Abolitionist narrative at the end I Was like that like blows It up at the the, specifically At the end it just blows it up entirely Because like instead Of it's one of those like The only way out is through Right? right the only way out of the zombie apocalypse is like what if we just embraced it and now this is the new normal and like what are and also at the same time what are you trying to save what are you working to save because the remnants of that don't exist why not if we know that life can exist in this in this particular way moving forward then why don't we try to make it make it such so Yeah, right. Exactly. How can we
0: coexist rather than, you know, cure or, you know, and again, and this brings up all these other, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, conversations when we're talking about, um, you know, so this is from Wicked Horror, surprising meaning behind the girl with all the gifts uh, comes to this idea of the ultimate meaning behind the film, it shows us different people coexisting peacefully on the basis of their shared humanity. And that's a microcosm of what our world should be like as well. All of us, no matter race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, age, ability level, or any other differences we may have are equally human. So we're also equally valuable. All human beings have the same basic dignity. So everybody who's made in the right shape, quote, deserves to live peacefully and free from violence or persecution of any kind. Um, which again, I, I really, I like that about, it's like you, your old world did not work. Uh, yeah. it did not work for everybody. It did not value all life clearly. Cause you're at, you're saying that even though you recognize my humanity, you recognize that I'm alive, that I can feel that I have thoughts. You still think that I should die to save you. So obviously there's a problem with the
1: world that you're in. Yeah. Um, and again, you're, her experience you, is limited. Yeah you're uncomfortable with the power that i have and yeah. so are trying to neutralize me in a way that makes it so that way you can maintain the power uh you can maintain the the normal power structures before and yeah. it, at the very end she just like well why should we <laughs> what did she say like why well why should we die in order for you to live and i'm like oh girl and then when she yeah. oh, when she sets that t- tower on fire and they start exploding I'm like, well, shit. yeah, the pods.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, uh, I really, really appreciate that kind of twist on, on the narrative. Because again, it does get at the root of like, sort of fears within power structures, you know, when we talk about, like, kind of like what you're taught, you know, what what you were just saying, but like, Power is a real threat, obviously, and so the people who have power they always want to keep it because they know how much you know power they have to you know to, mm-hmm. to sound like a broken record. So therefore, black power becomes a threat to white yeah. establishment. Women power becomes a threat to male establishment. You know, Jewish power, like the discussions of that, and you know when we tie that to. Um, uh, conversations around uh, the concept of Zionism, like Jewish power, like that terrifies people, um, you know, uh, queer power, any of these things, any of these things that challenge the ideas of those who would suppress us, mm-hmm. they are very threatened by that. So I, lo- I love how this film sort of takes that in a very different angle. Cause it's like we the whole time you're watching it, you are expecting like, something will happen so that her blood and blah, blah. And it's going to, you know, make the whole world better. Sort of like what I'm expecting the narrative of the last of us to be. Cause I didn't play the game. I don't really have any spoilers or, or even if that matters to, yeah. to the show, uh, you know, but it it's, it's such a typical kind of zombie story of like, we have to sacrifice ourselves in order to save, you know, humanity. When the question is, well, are you worth saving? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're here to stay, you know, maybe this is better. Um, Again, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be a necessarily thing that like, like cannibalistic zombies are the answer. But sure. the question begs this, you know, it begs of like who, if we want to birth, quote, a new world and a better world, what must be sacrificed? What must we lose in order for that to happen? What am I personally willing to lose? Uh, I think it, it you know, this, this film opens up a lot of really, really good questions about that. Mm-hmm absolutely um yeah i like how they call them hungries (laughs) it's very much in the uh you know walkers it's anything to avoid like the zombie (laughs) yeah the zombie word yeah um the hungries i'm like they're hungry and i'm like yes uh hungry hungry zombies yes um yeah (laughs) I mean, I have to say, I know that kind of went by quickly, but I really knew what I wanted to talk about with this episode. I was like, oh man, I see all of this so clearly. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, it's, it's it's really well done. And I think that like kudos for kudos to the production for coming up with such a distinct world, right? Like it yeah. feels, it feels like its own thing. And it may reference as most zombie movies do it references other you know it references all the big ones that came before but it is so interesting to kind of see how it developed with the the pathogen being a fungal right the pathogen being fungal not viral yeah and in and kind of like the overtaking of the environment like because that's the other thing right is that the 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 idea of like a fungal this kind of fungal infection a fungal pathogen is directly related to concepts that like to the ideas of climate change and and to see when they get to that part of the city where there are no hungries um it's kind of like nature heals it heal is healing itself, right? Like this is the next stage. This is nature healing itself, um, and yeah, that's a, another yeah.
0: yeah piece of this conversation uh, at the at sort of the root of of mm-hmm. this film. So we kind of we can have you know conversations about race and about experimentation and sort of empower narratives. Um, but another thing that the article I'm sorry about from, uh, Fangoria, beware the swallowing also talks about is, uh, this preoccupation that a lot of horror has with being, with being consumed or being the consumed, uh, or the consumer, sorry, with consuming and consumed, (laughs) whatever. Uh, so, you know, like Nosferatu, Jaws, Cloverfield, Ginger Snaps, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Die the Living Dead. Their common thread is the threat of something hungry. Um, you know it, it, this this imagery and the many metaphors that are you know pervasive transcends genre, medium, discipline, culture, continent, time itself in a ref, in a reflection of what amounts to an essential. Some will say evolutionary, compulsive preoccupation, both with consumption and being consumed. Sure. And so it they the uh, article goes on to also discuss. This is still Leah Anderson. Um. Yeah. The like the natural world consuming us, and that you know, this is another film where we are. It's having that because that discussion of humans forget that we are part of nature and that yeah. we are bound to it and its rules. Um, I was trying to find. Um, yeah, Caldwell's estimation. So. Many of the most literal representations of the swallowing play with the idea that nature bites back. That's sort of, this is why I wanted to talk, because you said something about this, about, like, the natural world. Sure. Um, Cassie, the natural world is a monstrous, devouring, antagonistic entity. Um, so Caldwell's estimation, uh, I think this is, like, that opening the pods would spur the end of the world. Um exemplifies this perspective the very western belief that the human is severed extracted from the natural world and as though we are not an intimately connected extension as are all living things so it demonstrates our arrogance it creates space for you know this irony to emerge as a viewer begins to realize what the human characters have not the era of human sovereignty is already over Mm -hmm. if it ever existed at all (laughs) um which again and when Melanie is in the middle of that because she's a living you know sentient embodiment of this fungus and you know as something as as a person who was born with it and is adapted to it you know to 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 remain you know pretty much in control of herself, uh, sure. along with the other children that are, you know, sentient. They're more feral, so they didn't have, you, you know, um, other, you know, educational guidance or whatever, but it's there, and they can be. And so they can craft a new world that remembers that it is part of nature. Yeah. And that, to that, that nature will always win in the end. Uh, and we've talked about this before in other films, you know, in other... You know, reminders when the natural uh, world—you know—when hurricanes happen, or earthquakes happen, or or, you know, things happen that are absolutely beyond the control of humanity. Like we cannot do anything about those things, and are thus ill prepared for the very devastating effects sometimes of them. No matter how prepared we try to be. Yeah. And so, I think this film also has that conversation going really nicely in it. Of uh, there are just some things that we're not going to be able to do any fucking thing about, (laughs) (laughs) and and when it hits, we just have to we have to figure out a way to survive with it um and again that's not to be dismissive of you know the death and the loss that we've had you know i know there's earthquakes that have very recently happened and there are storms that are very devastating um we live in california we're very mindful of earthquakes Uh we're very mindful of 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 you know devastating weather so i don't mean to um, be dismissive and i hope that i don't i don't come off that way but um i just think in the context of horror when we talk about cultural anxiety that is a i mean the natural world, we're very much afraid of it. And it's, uh, <laughs> um, it's machinations. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joe. Josh, I'm glad you enjoyed this film. That makes yeah. me happy. Cause I, I did really too. Did. Yeah. This is, this is fun. Um, I watched it when it first came out, but I hadn't revisited it in a while. And I certainly hadn't visited it like, you know, in the context of thinking about it for a fright school. So it was fun to rewatch and, you know, start thinking about like what you know, how are we gonna discuss this?
1: <laughs> yeah, how can we how can we make this work? And so far, I mean, it's working with a lot of what we're talking about. It's zombie. It's black horror. um, it's 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 just a good movie. Like I, yeah, <laughs> add it to the list of add it to the tally for rewatches for me.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean there's a few things I would critique about it just in some decisions that are made that are weird. I'm just like why would why on earth would you do that like when you know that this is the world you're living in. But overall, I really enjoy it. I could easily watch this again uh and I think it'd be really fun to watch it with like um 28 days later for instance. I think it'd be really fun watching yeah. this.
1: Also fast uh, zombies, fuck that shit. Like the Right. Oh, I know. The the scene where there's like, you know, do the shutters and the shutters are coming down, her back is to the window, and you can see them running. Damn. I'm like, yeah. the tension of that was, I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about uh, in the beginning when the lab is breached, yep. uh, w- w- right
0: before they did, they're starting their like vivisection of, of Melanie. Um, yeah, that was that was very, that whole scene was very intense. They had quite a few, like when they're walking through them, and they're all kind of, again, reminds me of The Last of Us, like they're mm-hmm. kind of in a stasis and, you know, interrupting and as they would start start to kind of come to life, you know, become aware uh, that scene was really intense. It had some really nice moments where I was just like, oh, man, this is good. I, I like the experiential nature of this. So. All righty. Well, yeah, um, next week, we will probably not be discussing uh, zombies again. So I think this is a really nice cap on our uh, on at least the first part of our month discussing um um
1: black horror narratives. Uh, but the but the two that we the two that we've done so far, black people live at the end.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, again, that's the, you know, the well, with we already we had that conversation with Dawn of the Dead. Like that, yeah, I always like that Ken points out like, hey, I lived in the end. That was great. <laughs> so you know, but and that's an early example of that not being the the actual stereotype. Mm-hmm. It's still a stereotype. It's still a problem. But um, yeah. nowadays, I'm even shocked when, like, what was I watching? We watched something recently, like a new movie, and like, I think a black man died first. And it kind of was a little shocking. Cause I'm like, are, are we more aware of this? But no, yeah. you know, I mean, we could continue to discuss this. Cause it's always going to be part of the narrative. Now it's like, are they just being mindful? Like now they know it's like, weird. Yeah. it's like, <laughs> now we're going to kill him to make a point. Like what? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. Um, I figure out what that was. Cause we should maybe watch it and discuss, but um, it was definitely a horror film. I just can't remember what.
1: It's just like, we want, turning. we, we want to, it's like, you thought that he was going to live, but we're going. Right. We're, we are so woke. We're going <laughs> backward. <laughs> right, ex- ex-
0: exactly. See, that's like the fucked upness. Um, <laughs> actually, there was some really good. I'm. Uh, I'll have to like post that, that article that I was talking about because it had some really interesting critiques of Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from at least for this writer, the, um, you know, their perspective of of. Uh, gosh, where did it go? Uh, i don't remember which one it was anyways um oh yes it was the hari article um Mm -hmm. where yeah he had some some things to say about get out and i which i thought was very interesting so i have to share this because um it it overall was a really
1: cool article so
0: anyways all righty well joe um stay away from mushrooms yeah
1: (laughs) I've actually had a lot of mushrooms to eat in the last week or so, but I've also not been watching. I'm I'm behind by two episodes of Last of Us. And uh, I think that's intentional because I really, really wanted to eat some mushrooms. <laughs> I like it. There we go. Without thinking of them getting up and attacking you. Alrighty. Or Me getting up and attacking you, really. This is true.
0: Well, this is why I continue to, you know, make us do this over video so that we're not in the same uh All righty. Well, um, thank you for listening as always, dear, dear listener. And uh, Joe, good night. Good night.